The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Amen. All right, if you have your Bible this morning, I want you to turn to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. And we're going to look at a story. We're talking about serving today. We're going to talk about the heart of a servant, what God has called us to do as people within the body of Christ, serving the church and serving people around us. And and we're going to look at a story today about four guys that teamed up with God to serve. Now, this is an interesting time of the year for me, um, and probably you too. Uh, You know, football playoffs are going on right now. And, and while I love the playoffs, in fact, that game last night, if you saw that game, that, that, the Packers-Cardinals game was insane, right? Anybody see that game? It was crazy. That was such a good game. Unless you're a Packers fan, it was probably kind of hurtful for you. But, but at least your team's playing, okay? Because here's my thing. You maybe have heard me talk about this before, but I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. And so a lot of times this year, this time of year, I'm doing what I'm doing now, which is not watching my team play. And, uh, and I don't like it, okay? It's not fun. Uh, but it, it continues to happen for me. And, um, and I've, tried, I've, I've, tri- I've tried to break up with them, but I can't. I, I, in fact, this year, you know, the season was going down the tubes. And I, I was frustrated with the way the team was, was going and the way the organization is being run. And so I go tell Sarah, you know what, I'm done. I'm, I'm through. I'm not going to watch any more games this year. I don't even care What's going on? And so Sunday rolls around, and, and I was fighting, not watching the game. Like, I'm literally at home going, I'm not going to turn on the TV. I'm not going to turn on the TV. And then the game was over, and I watched the highlights immediately after the game was over. But I didn't watch the game until the next week when I watched the game again. Like I, but that one week, I fasted for a week, and it didn't change a thing in, in the life of a Dallas Cowboys fan. But, but here's the thing. Uh, part of the problem with the Cowboys is while they, they have a lot of talent, they, they don't play well as a team. And, and they, don't, they don't seem to have everything together. And when one thing falls apart, everything seems to fall apart. And, and what a lot of the teams that you see right now that are still playing in the playoffs, what they're good at is, is they play as a team. They play all three aspects, offense, defense, special teams. When one guy goes down, another person picks, you know, picks it back up. I, I thought the Green Bay game was a perfect example of this. Like They had no wide receivers, and yet some guy that was like bagging groceries last week had like 200 yards receiving last night because this team plays as a team. And you know, there's, there's a power in that. And, and the team that's going to hoist the Lombardi Trophy in a couple of weeks, the team that does that typically is the team that is able to come together and play with the best teamwork. And there's power in teamwork. And, and it's not just true for sports. It, it's true for the church. That when we come together as a team, there's a power in that. There's a power that's released whenever we're all doing our part, whenever we're all carrying the load that God's called us to load, to carry. So Mark chapter two, if you if you if you're there, we're gonna look at this together. If you don't have a Bible, you can look up here on the screens with me. Starting verse one, it says this. And again, he, it's talking about Jesus, entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together there, remember that, so that there was no longer room to receive them, 
not even near the door. So, so Jesus shows up in this place, and it's, it's packed. I mean, you, not only is the building full that he's, that he's ministering in, but you can't even get, it says, near the door. And it goes on to say, and he preached the word to them. Now, a couple of things I want to point out in this first little section here. Number one is this. When Jesus shows up, people show up. Did you see that? They, they heard that Jesus was showing up. And people showed up. Why? Because they knew if Jesus was there, then ministry is taking place. That God's going to do stuff in people's life. Everywhere that Jesus went, when Jesus showed up, when Jesus came on the scene and he was welcomed, he was able to do amazing things. And you know, as a church, that is one of the driving passions that I have as a pastor at New Song. Is I am not in the business of just putting on a service. That's not what I want to do. In fact, I talk to our team about this all the time. What we want to do is we want to set the table. Every week we look at this like a giant table that we're setting. And we want to make a place for each and every one of you to be able to come and to sit down. And a place is reserved and saved for you so that you can come. But the guest of honor is Jesus. And we especially want to make a place for him because I know this about Jesus. Jesus is the one that can change your life. We, we can put on a, a great show, and that's all good, but if Jesus doesn't show up, we are wasting our time. And so we covet the presence of God at, at New Song. We work hard to create an atmosphere in this place where Jesus can show up so Jesus can speak to you during worship, so Jesus can speak to you during the message, because Jesus can restore marriages. Jesus can heal broken hearts. Jesus can heal physical bodies, and we want Jesus to have a place of honor at New Song. Amen? That's why we worship the way we worship. That's why we do what we do here, because we want Jesus to be on the scene. And if people know that Jesus is showing up, listen, people will show up. That's powerful. When, when these people heard, and listen, this is what you need to see too. They heard because people told them. Notice it says this. It says, and it was heard that he was in the house. How was it heard? People told people. People said, hey, Jesus is going to be over here. You guys got to show up. You guys got to be there. You got to see what Jesus is doing. He's doing amazing things, and you have to be there. Listen, I I believe God wants to do amazing things in our midst. And because of that, I believe that we need to be people who spread that word to the world around us. We need to go after people. We need to be passionate about telling people about Jesus. Listen, if you're taking notes, write this down today. Don't keep Jesus a secret. It's too good of a secret to keep to yourself. Let other people know. Share this love. Share this experience. Share your testimony. Don't be afraid. People are hungry for Jesus, and we got Jesus. So let's share him with the world around us. Okay, now it goes on to say this. Verse 3. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic. Paralytic is is a person who's paralyzed. Can't move. Can't walk. Something is wrong with this guy, and he's unable to move. Who was carried, now pay attention to this, he was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they gave up. No, it doesn't say that. It says they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Okay, so here's these guys. They've got this friend, and this friend is paralyzed. And they hear, because somebody tells them, that that Jesus is showing up and that Jesus is doing amazing things and Jesus is healing people. And they go, you know what? We have a friend who needs healing. We have a friend who needs help. And so we got to get our friend to Jesus. So what do they do? They come together. They team up. 
They all grab a corner of this mat and they carry this person to Jesus. They show up at this house and it's packed and they can't get to Jesus. They can't get into the building. It's, it's so, it's, it's said in the scripture, it's so they couldn't even get near him. So what do they do? Do they quit? No, they press on. And, and the Bible talks about, or Bible does, but history tells us that in those days uh, on a house, there would be steps that would be on the outside of a house, which would lead up to the roofs. And the roofs of the houses were normally flat and people would go up there and, and, and do things on top of their house from time to time. So when these guys show up and there's no way they can get to Jesus in the normal ways, they don't quit. What they do is they find a new way to get this guy to Jesus. And they take him and they carry him onto that roof and they, they get on top of the roof. I don't know how they did this, but they figured out where within this building Jesus was. And then they broke through the, the, the roof and they lowered this man down. Can you imagine what this would have been like to be in the service? Like all of a sudden the roof starts to break apart. And you know, this wouldn't have just happened like in a moment. Like they had to break through and then they have to lower this guy down. Like I don't know if they had some kind of pulley system. I have no idea how they did this. But they get this guy in front of Jesus. They get him to Jesus. Now look at what happens next. This is awesome. When Jesus saw their faith, everybody say there. He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Now I want to, want to show you, point out something here that may kind of mess with you a little bit theologically, but it's powerful, okay? Notice what he says. He says when, when he saw their faith. It doesn't say when he saw his faith, meaning the paralyzed man. It says when he saw their faith. Who, whose faith is he talking about? He's talking about their faith. He's talking about the faith not only of the paralyzed man, but of the men who brought him to Jesus. And listen, you need to understand something. The fact that they did what they did shows that they had faith. Their faith was in action. They were moving. They were getting this guy to Jesus because they believed that they could just get him to Jesus. It would be a powerful thing. And I want you to see something today. That it was the faith of these four men that played a huge role in, the, in salvation being brought to this man. Which, which tells me something. That me and you can stand in the gap for people in faith. Sometimes when they don't even know how to stand in faith themselves. We can stand in the gap saying, you know what, I'm going to get them to Jesus. Because I know if I can just get them, really get them to a place where they can have an encounter with Jesus, he can then do what I can't do. He can bring the healing and the salvation and the life and the renewal to this person's life that they really need. But I'm going to press on no matter what kind of obstacles I see. And I'm going to get this person to Jesus. And, and I think that's such a powerful thing for us to realize as a church that that we can play a part in the salvation of our friends. So my question to you today, and I'll have a few for you today, but, but my first question to you today is, who are you carrying to Jesus? Who, who is it in your life that you're, you're grabbing the mat and you're helping to get them before Jesus so that Jesus can do what, what he wants to do? And I need you to understand something today, that when you are carrying people to Jesus, you're going to face some obstacles. You're going to face things from time to time. But as a church and as a people, we press on through that. We, 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 we go through that no matter what it is, because you need to understand something today, and this is important for you. If you're taking notes, write this down. Your sacrifice will result in someone's salvation. Your sacrifice will result in someone's salvation. 
Your inconvenience will result in someone else's encounter. Your inconvenience will result in someone else's encounter. And you know what I love about, about New Song Church is we have people that are doing this. This is the work of Jesus. We have people that get here early and they set this building up. Uh, we have people that, that, that they use their trucks to help us pull trailers to, to get the, all of our stuff unloaded in the mornings. We have people who serve in kids' classrooms and, and, and get the, everything set up so that those kids can have an encounter with God. We have people who are, who are in the parking lot and ushering and greeting and doing all these things. And listen, that's, that's the work of Jesus. That's bringing people to Jesus. That's what God has called each and every one of us to do. And we do this because you, you need to see something here today. Okay, get this. We do it because we know this. Every week, there are people that come into this building. There are people that walk through these doors that are paralyzed. They're emotionally paralyzed. They're spiritually paralyzed. You know, we, we don't have the ability to see into the spirit. Like, I wish we could sometimes. We, we see the outward appearance of people. What we can't see is the heartache that people carry in here sometimes. What you can't see is the hurt. What you can't see is the words that may have been spoken over an adult when they were a little child that have, have, carried, have weighed heavily on them their entire life. But you know who can see that is Jesus. And when we do our part in helping welcome people and bring people to Jesus... It empowers Jesus to do his part and carry those things away from them and lift up their spirits and give them hope and give them freedom. Verse 11, it goes on to say this. He said to the paralytic, this is Jesus talking, say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up his bed and went out in the presence of them all so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, say this with me if you would, we never saw anything like this. Now, I don't know about you, but as a church, I want to be the kind of church where miraculous things are taking place, where things are happening in such a way that people are going, I have never seen anything like that. That's the kind of church, that's the kind of environment that we are working to create here, an environment where Jesus shows up and he goes above and beyond what we could ever ask, think, hope, or imagine and does things that make people truly say, wow, I've never seen anything like that. So today I want to give you four points, four things that me and you can do that will help us to partner with God in, in empowering God to do the miraculous. Uh, these are four ways that we can serve people and help get them to Jesus. Okay, if you're taking notes, point number one is this. Pick up your corner of the mat. Pick up your corner of the mat. Because you know what? It took all four guys to get this paralyzed man to Jesus. Notice it wasn't, you know, one guy dragging him by the leg through the streets it wasn't a couple of guys that were trying to make it work and kept dropping him from time to time. It was four guys, and each one of these guys grabbing the section of mat and owning it and getting this guy to Jesus. Everybody was important. And I want you to know something today here at New Song. Every one of you is important. 
And I believe that for every one of you within the church, God has a section of mat he's called for you to grab so that you can help us carry people to Jesus. And it's so important. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the body of Christ and how Paul talks about how, how we are, the, the church is, is the body and that just like the body has all these different members and different parts, they have to all work together in order for the body to function the right way. And he likens that to the church. And, and it's true that in your body, you know, every part is important. And if one part gets messed up, man, it can mess up everything. Uh, about a year ago, I was at my house and, and I was walking downstairs and this is when we lived in, in Texas. This is, well, this is over a year ago. I'm walking down the stairs, and you know how it is in your own house. You get used to things, right? And so you don't always pay as close attention as you should when you're going down the stairs. And so I'm going down the stairs, and I'm, you know, not really paying much attention, and I, and I, and I slip, okay? And you know how, like, you slip and you kind of do that thing down the stairs? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever done that before? No one's raising their hand, okay? Why? So I did that, and when I did it, I'm trying to stop myself, and in the process of doing that, uh, my left heel, I bang it, like all the weight of my heel comes down on one of the edges of the steps, or the, the stairs, and it just, it just hurts, you know? And what's awesome is that our stairs led into the living room, and like the family's down there, and so all of a sudden, dad just comes rolling out, and of course, my family was so gracious to come help. No, they're just laughing, and like, Sarah, Sarah loves to laugh at pain. It's awesome. You ever get hurt, she just laughs in your face. So uh, I know this is going to hurt. And, and sure enough, the next day I wake up and I have this bruise on my heel. And it's like a deep bruise. And now here's the thing about a bruise. Typically you get a bruise like on your arm or your leg. It hurts when you touch it. But you're not necessarily touching it all the time. You know, unless you're weird. But it's just kind of there. But when you have a bruise on your heel, you, 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 you touch it all the time. Because you have to walk. And this happened like leading into the weekend. I had church all weekend. And, and it was amazing how much this bruise on my heel affected my life. Like that whole weekend, I'm, I'm limping around. I'm trying to keep weight off my heel because it hurts. I can't move as, as good. I'm having to make different shoe choices than I normally would make. Like my whole body is being held hostage because one thing is out of alignment. One, one part is messed up. And, and I don't know about you, but I don't wake up every day and my first thought on my head is like, God, thank you that my heels are good today. Yes. But when your heel gets messed up, then you're going, Lord, please do something. And, and because you realize that. And if you've ever hurt like a, a pinky toe or a finger or whatever, you, you, there becomes a new awareness of how important this part of your body is, right? And, and I think that's what Paul was trying to show us is that all of these parts are important. And every part functioning together is important for the whole to work the way it's supposed to. And when one part gets messed up, listen, in the church, in the body of Christ, when one part isn't doing what it's supposed to do, then the body is sick. The body limps. The body can't do what it's supposed to do. And, and in the church, we need everybody doing their part so that we can, we can move with efficiency and we can, we can do this calling that God has placed in front of us. We've got we've to grab our mat. And at New Song, we know something to be true. We know that at this church, I am not the only one that preaches a message every week. We believe that every one of us preaches a message every week. Every one of us has a sermon that we share within this church. In fact, statistics tell us this. Statistics tell us that when a person visits a church for the first time, 
they make up their mind whether they're going to come to that church within the first 15 minutes of being there. Now, for some of you, you know, maybe you haven't even, at 1030, maybe you haven't even left your house yet at that point, you know. That's a shot at the latecomers there. I'm not, I'm not looking at anybody in particular. You know, the three of you that are in here every week at the very beginning, way to go. Good job. The rest of you, let's do a little bit better, okay? Maybe, you know. But, but here's the thing. At 15 minutes into our service, I have not been up yet. Most of the time, for, for those of you who are coming, 15 minutes into the service, you've maybe checked your kids in, you're maybe in the auditorium, worship is still going on. You haven't heard anything from me. And yet, people have made up their mind whether they're going to come back to the church already at that point. Why? Because everybody's preaching a sermon. We believe that at, at New Song, the, the sermon begins in the parking lot. That's why we have guys like KJ out there, who's like the most friendly human being on the planet, who's out there welcoming people and high-fiving people and, and, and letting them feel important and special. That's why we have the, our ushers and our greeters and the people with smiles on their face welcoming people into this place because we know every smile is a sermon. And it says, we love you, and we care about you, and we've made a place for you, and here's the place. And come dine with Jesus, because he's got something for you. That's what we're trying to do as a church. And it's important that everybody does their part. And so many people are doing this. I think of, I think of Emily back there, and, and Corey, who's back there, and Casey, who's got the weekend off. And these guys who, who are back there running our audio and our video, and they stay in the shadows so that people like me can, can stay in the light and have the video that we have. It's people like that that make New Song possible. I think of, of Justin and Courtney, who's, I think, in service for the first time ever, who work in our kids' department and who are here every week and, and throughout the week. They're, they're working hard to prepare stuff for kids and to set schedules. Why? Because we value kids here. We want kids to, to come to a safe environment where they can have fun and they can come to know God, not just hear stories about God, but know a real, loving, living Jesus who is for them. And they work hard to make that happen. I think of, of, of people like Kaylee and Ashley, who, who come early in the morning. And you know what they do? They watch our kids for us while we set up the building. And they watch kids before service, and then they go work in kids' classes during service. And then after service, we bring them more kids to watch so that we can tear down the building. They spend hours with kids serving. And, and they do this because they see the big picture. They see that they're not just serving us. They're serving Jesus and there's a power in them grabbing their corner of the mat and bringing people to Jesus. And what they do is every bit as important as anything that happens within this church. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says this, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us. God's called us to do good works, to do good stuff, to help people to, bring, to help bring people to Jesus. And if we're going to get people to Jesus, we've all got to grab our corner of the mat. Because listen, this building is not the church. We are the church. You are the church. And you know what? The church is not a cruise ship. The church is a battleship. If you've ever been on a cruise before, there's, there's, your goals are different on a cruise than they are on a battleship. When you go on a cruise, your goal is that someone serves you and that you relax as much as possible, right? That's, that's the goal of a cruise. But on a battleship, everybody has an assignment. 
Everybody has a job. Everybody functions within their role, and it works like clockwork. And listen, life and death depend on it. In the same way, you need to, you need to see this today. In the church, life and death depend on what we do. We believe that. Spiritual life and spiritual death depend on us doing our job or fulfilling our role in the church. So we've got to grab our corner of the map. Number two, don't quit. Point number two is don't quit. Listen, we've got to have an attitude of tenacity when it comes to bringing people to Jesus in the church. I love that these guys in this story, they, they did not give up. You know, they had plenty of excuses in front of them. First of all, the guy can't get there himself. That's a problem they had to deal with. Then they get him there, and the place is so crowded, they can't get, it, can't get him in. Now, there's some of us that would, at that moment, go, hey, this is a sign. It's not supposed to happen today. It'll happen some other time. Sorry, buddy. Better luck next time, paralyzed guy. But they don't do that. And, and, and I, I love this. Here's what one of the things God showed me is, these guys were not looking for an excuse to quit. They had faith that if they could just get their friend to Jesus, that something powerful was going to happen. So they didn't look for an excuse to quit. They pressed on to the point of ripping the roof off of this place. Now, something interesting, when you study out Scripture here and you learn about how houses were built, then uh, in Bible times, these houses that were built, the roofs of these houses were made of a mixture of mud and straw and manure. And, and I want you to know something today. In ministry, when you're doing the work of God, you're going to deal with some manure from time to time. You're going to deal with some poo situations. Okay? It's just the way it is. Because listen, hurting people are hurting people for a reason. And you're going to have encounters with people who are not going to understand why we do things a certain way. And they're not going to want to understand that. You're going to have encounters working in a kid's class where some parent has loaded their kid up with pixie sticks. And that kid is bouncing off the walls. And I've been there. I used to do children's ministry. And it's a powerful thing when they get those pixie sticks in them. It's a different kind of anointing that comes on these kids. And, and literally, if you're working in the nursery, you're actually going to be changing diapers and literally dealing with poo. But, but we press on in this. But you need to understand something about, about people when you're doing ministry is that people, hurting people, bite. Because we don't know what may be going on inside of them. But there's things that are happening inside of them and when they come into contact with you, their reaction to some of the things you may be doing may be to snap at you. But here's the good news. The Bible likens people to sheep. And I can tell you this. I studied it this week. No one has ever died of a sheep bite in all of history. You'll never read in, in, in a newspaper about a person being mauled to death by a sheep. It doesn't happen. It may be annoying. You know, I was thinking about this too last night. You go, we take our kids to petting zoos. And in petting zoos, they normally have a sign that says the pet, these animals may bite. Uh, and, and as parents, you're just like, get in there. You know, you don't really think about it. If they bite your kid, it's going to hurt a little bit. But they'll be all right. But if you go to the lion den, you don't get to pet those things, right? And if there's a sign that says they may bite, it's a different kind of bite. They will rip your arm off. But a sheep, they're, they're not going to kill you. And, and listen, in, in church, we're going to come in contact with people sometimes, and it's going to be, you know, it's not going to go the way we want. We're going to be inconvenienced. It's not going to always be fun. We're always going to feel it. 
But we press on because we know on the other side of whatever we may be dealing with is Jesus. And it's getting that person to Jesus. So we press on. We don't quit. We, 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 we fight through whatever obstacles we're going to face because Jesus is on the other side. And, and, and know this today. In serving people, just like with these guys, if one of those guys drops their corner, then the guy drops. And in our serving of the church, if one of us isn't pulling our load, or if one of us quits, we're not just quitting on the ministry, we're quitting on someone. We're quitting on Jesus. We're quitting on a person who needs to be brought to Jesus. And, and not serving, so you know, is not an option, okay? In fact, Jesus said this in Matthew 20, verse 28. He said, your attitude must, everybody say must, must be like my own. For I, and this is Jesus talking, this is red letters here, okay? This is Jesus talking. We're Christians, we're Christ followers. Our goal in life is to, is to try to be like this person, correct? That's a Christian. Your attitude must be like my own, for I, the Messiah, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life. He didn't say your attitude should. <laughs> your attitude must, unless your schedule's a little, you know, busy this month. Ouch, sorry. Am I getting in some areas that are kind of, this is good though, I'm telling you, this is good. Your attitude must be like that of Jesus. Listen, as a Christian, it's a contradiction to say that you're a Christian and you're not serving in the church. You, you can't do it. If we are saying that we are Christ followers and we're trying to be like, like Jesus, then we have to find our place. We have to grab our corner. We have to do our part. Not serving is not an option. Jesus modeled a life that says, I give my life away to serve other people. And as a Christian, we have to do the same. So we grab our corner. We don't quit. Number three, we expect big. Expect big. We have to have an expectation on ourselves that says we expect that God is going to show up, that God is going to do something miraculous. You know, what I love in this scripture is that Jesus, you know, before he heals this guy physically, he says your sins are forgiven. He heals him spiritually. And that's the heart of God. That's the heart of Jesus. He always goes above and beyond what we could ever ask or think. He always, when we, when we bring people to him, he doesn't just fix the problem maybe we see. He gets to the heart of the matter and fixes the even bigger problem, but also fixes the problem that we do see. The Bible says this in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. It says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. See, I believe this. I believe that, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe that he wants to come into our midst and he wants to do amazing things that blow our minds. And we as a church need to have an expectation that says, God, we believe it. We believe by faith. These guys that were bringing this paralyzed man to Jesus, they had an expectation. Their faith was big. Jesus saw their faith. He recognized it. He saw these guys, these guys are doing this because they're expecting that, God is gonna, that I'm going to do something, that God is going to show up and something amazing is going to happen. And what if we as a church thought that way? What if church was not just something we attended every week and we just kind of expected to maybe hear a good sermon, but we expected that God was going to show up, that we were going to get revelation that was going to change our life, that we were going to see healings take place and, 
and manifestations of God's presence take place. And, and, and amazing things happen. I, I believe this. I believe that our level of faith plays a huge part in God being able to do just that. And if we will set our expectations high, God will meet those expectations and exceed those expectations. So we as a church need to say, you know what? Church is going to be more than just coming and hearing a good sermon or maybe having, hearing some good songs, but that God's going to show up and he's going to do things in our life and our midst that are amazing, unbelievable things. And I, I believe this. I believe that if, if we do our part in helping get people to Jesus, then God will do his part. And his part is a part that we can't do. That if we'll do what we can do, that God will come in and he'll do what no one can do. And in that, lives will be changed. Okay, so you're hearing me this morning and I'm talking about this and you're going, okay, Josh, Pastor Josh, I get it. What do you want from me? What are are you trying to get at here? Well, first of all, understand this. I don't want anything from you. (laughs) I want something for you. That's the reason I present this message to you today. And I do it without any shame or guilt. Because I know that God has things for you that he wants to do in your life and serving that will change your life. Amazing things. And so this is, this is what I want for you and from you. <laughs> I want you to grab your corner of the mat. I want you to find your place in this body, in this church, and, and do the part that God's called you to do. I believe he has a, a place for you. And as you do that, I want you to keep this in mind. That as we serve God, as we serve people, we serve the need. Serve the need. That's point number four. That our desire as a church is, listen, we know that there's people in here and you are gifted, you are talented. God has placed things inside of you that are just what this church needs. But I also have seen this in my own life. I know this to be true and I see this throughout the scripture. That serving isn't just about what you're good at. It's about the need that is out there and and the need that may be in the world and the need that people may have. And so for us, the question that we have to ask ourselves when looking to serve is not, well, what am I good at? (laughs) But rather, what what do people need? What does the church need? Which really is kind of another way of saying what we're told to do, which is, who is my neighbor? How do I serve my neighbor? God spoke this to me one day as I was reflecting on my life and how God's led me in service. I heard this from from God one day as I was studying. If you look at the life of Jesus, you see something amazing, that Jesus didn't die on the cross because he was good at it. He died on the cross because we needed it. If you get nothing else, get that today. Jesus wasn't just good at dying on a cross. He came to serve a need, the greatest need of all mankind. In order to do so, he laid down everything and became a servant of mankind to the point of death so that he could meet our needs, which our needs were him. He came to serve and to give his life for us. And I'm not saying in this that you guys, we don't care about your, your gifting, because we, we do. We, we actually believe it as a church that God has attended to our needs 
by the means of your gifting. And that as you come to serve, that God will begin to bring your gifts to the, to the surface of, of the needs that we have as a church. And you know, in my, in my life in church, man, I've seen this. I, I've been in ministry now. I'm 36 years old. I started in ministry when I was 18, but I, my parents were in ministry. I've been in ministry my whole life. But at 18 years old, I, I entered into ministry. And every, every moment of ministry has always been about the need that was placed in front of me. And some of it was forced on me early on through my family. But what I found is that in every aspect of it, God did things in me that helped me. I've been a, I've been a youth pastor. I've been a children's pastor. I've been a worship band leader. Uh, I, I've, I've worked at kids' camps. I've been a wrangler at a kids' camp. Um, I've done all sorts of different jobs. I've been a graphic designer. All sorts of things. And, and as I look at what, where I am today and I look at my life, I, the, so much of the, the heart of, of who I am as a person was made up in me going into those seasons of need and just serving the need. And God blessing that and showing me things. Listen, I'm passionate about kids knowing God. <laughs> but I, I learned that when I served the need of going to serve in a kid's class. I'm passionate about worship being a certain way and the presence of God being the driving force of it. And I learned that through leading a band. I learned that through being around an environment where that was taking place. And in those seasons where I couldn't always see it, God was doing amazing things. And some of those seasons as I was going into them, they seemed so, you know, beneath me, unimportant, insignificant. And yet some of the driving passions of my life were built in those seasons. And I want you to understand this today. Today's faithfulness positions you for tomorrow's reward. Your faithfulness today and what God puts in front of you positions you for the reward that he has for you. And I saw it in my life that I would, as I would attend to his needs, the needs that God put in front of me, you know what he did for me? He attended not only to my needs, but my desires and blessed me. I've been so blessed. And it all, to me, comes back to just be willing to do whatever God asked me to do. And you know what's interesting about God? God is really good at being a master of disguise. And and, and a lot of times in our life, he he will wrap up big rewarding opportunities in small responsibilities. He'll, he'll put these little responsibilities in front of us that don't seem like that big of a deal. But as we get into them, we find this reward that's just beyond what we could ever, ever hope to have. And so my, my call to you today is as you look to serve in the church is to say, God, this is not about just what I'm good at, but what do you need? I want to serve you. And as you do that, know that God will, will bless that. And, and, and you'll be able to step into not only helping people in their needs, but, but step into the anointing of God, which that's the thing that's powerful that will help you to really do what you need to do. The anointing of God. You know, you look at scripture and many times in the Bible, the guys that God used were not gifted to do what they did. They just met a need. Noah wasn't gifted to build an ark. Moses, we know he couldn't even talk good. And yet God used these men because they were willing to say yes to the Lord and do what he he asked him to do. What if 
one of the men that carried that paralyzed man, what if when they came to him, what if he would have said, this isn't my gifting. (laughs) I'm really a better pusher than I am a puller. I'm really a lot better at speaking than I am at carrying this person. But because they were willing to grab their mat, to grab that corner of that need that was in front of them, they got to be a part of something miraculous. And we read their story in scripture for all time. And I want you to know something today. You have a corner of the mat. God's called you to be a part of something really great. And as a church, we have a lot of needs. Uh, and, and I'm not just trying to throw needs at you, but I, want, I say needs, more opportunities. But here's the great news. I got good news for you today, okay? All of the needs that we have, all the opportunities we have, we have all the people all ready to fill those needs. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that great? Some of you know what's coming. And they is you. You are the people. God brought you here. He placed you here to help us to meet these needs.